What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Eli Fox, and we are back at it on the All Day Buffalo podcast tonight, today, whenever you guys are listening. Uh, this episode is going to be the final installment of the player profile series that I've been doing over the past four weeks now, uh, this being the fifth. Um, I just wanted to thank you guys for voting on the polls in the past weeks, uh, picking who you wanted to be the feature. We did Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, uh, Trey White, and Tyler Bass the last four weeks, and they were all great episodes. Um, if you have not listened to those, I urge you to go check those out. Um, but this week, we are not doing a player, but we are doing a coach, and that coach is Coach Sean McDermott. I am going to kind of skip over his early, early life. I will mention a few key details, but I'm going to mostly go over his time in the NFL, um, where he spent most of his time on other teams, uh, kind of going over how his time there went, and then we will jump into the time he was uh, spending with the Buffalo Bills, um, that time being pretty recent uh, so that is not going to be the longest time uh, that we're going to spend on that but it is going to be good and it's going to be fun and I am very very excited to do it Uh, but before we get started I just wanted to say thank you guys for joining me um, wherever you are listening in the car in the gym next to your morning cup of coffee next to your morning drink at at night wherever you find this podcast uh, thank you so much for listening I really appreciate it Uh, Make sure you guys check out all of the other creators on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. Everyone's doing really, really awesome stuff, um, and a lot of entertaining things are dropping. Pretty sure we've got a podcast for every single day of the week. So we we, we got you guys covered on content, and that is 100% facts. So I want to thank you guys once again. But let's get it started on this player profile, Sean McDermott. Let's get it going. So getting it started, we are talking about Sean McDermott, the coach of the Buffalo Bills. He started coaching the Bills in 2017, and he is still the Bills coach, uh, thankfully. He is doing a very, very good job in Buffalo. Um, So let's check out his early life um, and his background. So Sean McDermott was born in Omaha, Nebraska in 1974. Pretty young guy, uh, especially for an NFL head coach. Uh, but he went on to play college football at William and Mary from 1994 to 1997, and shortly after his 1997 uh, college football career, uh, that senior season after that, he uh, stayed at William and Mary, um, and he decided to stay another year at his alma mater for that 98 season and act as the graduate assistant there at William and Mary. Um, and it wouldn't be long until Coach McDermott would find himself in the NFL, which is really, really impressive. Um, but while he was there, uh, just kind of his degree stuff, he was a finance major. He got his bachelor's degree in finance um, in 1997. So we're definitely going to see where that finance degree comes in handy in the NFL, especially in those early years. Um, so let's get it going. Let's get it into that early years in the NFL. Sean McDermott started out with the Philadelphia Eagles, as most of you guys know, um, but he started in 1999 doing mostly administrative work for them. Uh, He worked as a scout. He mainly handled uh, budgetary matters, working with the salary cap, um, collective bargaining agreements, and other matters in that uh, personnel realm. So he wasn't really directly, uh, you know, handling players uh, like as a coach would, 
but he was very much doing a lot of that behind-the-scenes type stuff. Uh, but later on that year, he would be promoted to assistant to the head coach of the Eagles, um, head coach Andy Reid, who is still doing his thing in the NFL. He's a very, very good head coach. Um, as we know, as we have seen, as we have experienced firsthand, um, but McDermott would begin to accumulate a mass of knowledge um, exp- and experience working under Reed and alongside a lot of brilliant young minds at the time. Um, so here's a list of the coaches he worked with in some capacity. Uh, Brad Childress, Leslie Frazier, Ron Rivera, Pat Shermer, and Steve Spagnolo. So those are like a, a lot of those names are very well-known football household names um, and if you talk to any football fan, they mostly, most likely know at least four of those names, which is really, really impressive. So we know where Sean McDermott learned all of his skills from really, really smart guys. In his first season as the Eagles assistant, uh, or assistant to the head coach, uh, the team went 5-11. and 11. They struggled on both ends of the ball. They weren't really good, but uh, this wasn't the trend for Coach McDermott and the Eagles. After that 5-11 and season, they would go 59-21 and over the next five years. That was a very, very impressive run. Um, and in those five years, McDermott had a bunch of different duties with the Eagles. He was the scouting coordinator. He was the assistant to the head coach. Um, he was the defensive quality control guy. And he was the assistant DB's coach. So he, McDermott was really doing it all. And that was really, really good for McDermott because he was able to learn every single level to an NFL team. Um, and, and he has the, the experience of being a player. He knows what players want. Now he knows what coaches want. And now he knows what coaches need to do to provide a winning program and provide a winning culture. Um, so in 2004, McDermott had his first Super Bowl appearance. After an impressive 13-3 regular season, they ended up losing the Super Bowl 24-21 to 21 to the New England Patriots. I'm pretty sure this was Tom Brady's first Super Bowl ring. But from 2004 to 2006, he was the secondary and safeties coach. Um, and in 2007, his job changed. Steve Spagnolo moved on to the defensive coordinator position. Um, and this opened up a spot at the linebacker coaching position for McDermott. So he moved up from all those other roles to the linebacker coach. So he's, you know, he's kind of climbing the ladder um, as the years go on. Only two years later, Sean would grab the defensive coordinator job in 2009. Um, In just one season, McDermott was already getting the praise he deserved. He was named the top defensive coordinator by Pro Football Weekly magazine. Uh, While he was the defensive coordinator in Philly, he led the Eagles to the second best third down defense in the league and was third in the NFL in both takeaways and sacks with 38 takeaways and 44 sacks. So Sean McDermott, a defensive mind, producing on that side of the football, um, even in his limited roles, um, and especially as a defensive coordinator. You know, he, he makes teams better with his defensive mind, for sure. And in 2010, the defense gave up, on a, uh, gave up a franchise worst in points per game, um, and this was the worst mark in franchise history since 1974. This made the seat hot for Coach Andy Reid, um, and maybe even a little bit hotter for McDermott. Um, but Andy Reid would stay at the Eagles for an extra two years after that 2010 season, and McDermott was 
let go after that 2010 season. And we all know that after that 2010 season, McDermott went from the Eagles to the Panthers. Um, and in 2010, while McDermott was with the Eagles, the Panthers went a horrendous 2-14. and 14. So the Panthers were kind of looking for someone on the, for, to help on the defensive side, um, someone that could work with Ron Rivera and create a championship-caliber team. So McDermott fit the bill. McDermott was the man for the job. Um, and McDermott joined Ron Rivera as the defensive coordinator and took over an extremely inexperienced defense. The Panthers' 2011 season was riddled with injury, but they managed to go a subpar 6-10. and 10. In, that 2012, in the next season, 2012 season, the Panthers' def- defense stepped up big time. They moved up 18 spots in the NFL defensive rankings for that season. They moved up to 10th best. They were 28th before. 10th best in the NFL, but only improved to 7-9. and nine. McDermott was delivering, but the offense was lacking. These were also Cam Newton's first years in Carolina. This is when Luke Keekley was balling out in Carolina. Um, so they had names, but the offense wasn't big, or the offense wasn't doing as well as the defense was. Um, so going into the thir- 2013 season, hopes were high for the Carolina Panthers. They knew that they had a good defense. McDermott was molding that defense to become a premier unit, and Cam Newton was entering the ever-so-important third season as a starting quarterback. The Panthers did not disappoint the Carolina faithful. Uh, they went an impressive 12-4. and After losing the first two games of the season, they went straight after it. You know, They went 0-2 to start it finish the season 12 and two. That is really, really good. Um, so that gave them a playoff berth. Uh, they lost in the first round to San Francisco, 23 to 10, little disappointing, especially after a 12 and four season, especially after finishing the season on a 12 and two run. You don't think that a team that hot is going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. San Francisco knocks them off and we're on to the 2014 season. In 2014, they took a little bit of a step back, but made the playoffs at an awkward re- record of 7-8-1. and one. They went into the playoffs on one leg, but beat the Cardinals to eventually lose to the Seahawks 31-17 in the divisional round. This was a very tough Seahawks team at the time. 2014 was like that peak Seahawks era where it just seemed like they were one of the most dominant teams in football. Uh, So they lost in that divisional round, and in 2015, the Panthers got even better. They came out swinging. Um, The first eight games of the season, they went 8-0 and finished the season with a 15-1 record. They would march through the playoffs and earn themselves a trip to the Super Bowl. First Super Bowl in a while for the Carolina Panthers. I'm trying to think. I didn't look this up when I was doing my notes. I don't really remember the last time the Panthers were in the Super Bowl, but I do remember the Panthers. I think the Panthers played the Patriots the last time they were in the Super Bowl. Um, I, I had a a Super Bowl DVD when I was a kid, and I would, literally would ro- watch it on repeat. It was the first 40 Super Bowls because this was about that time. Um, so it was Super Bowl one through 40, and I would literally sit down in my basement and put it on repeat. I probably would watch it like, two or three times a week. Um, so I was very, very well-versed in Super Bowl history. Um, back in the day, this was probably when I was like 10, 11, 12 maybe. 
Um, and I, I, this was right when I was getting into football, so I loved it. I ate it all up. But I can't really remember. I'm pretty sure it was the Patriots that they played. But they went into that Super Bowl. They played the Denver Broncos, and they ended up squandering a 15-1 season. This was when Cam Newton was playing Cam Newton, peak Cam Newton football. Um, but they lost to the Denver Broncos 24-10. to And McDermott's defense in that game only let up one defensive touchdown. So McDermott's time with the Panthers ended after the 2016 season. Um, that season in 2016, the Panthers only went 6-10 and and were seemingly back to their mediocre ways. Um, as we know the Panthers to mostly be. They are never really a dominant team. Um, but all of a sudden, they'll become dominant. And then they'll go back to being 6-10, and 9-7, and 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, That's just the Panthers' way. I live in Charlotte now, so I pass the Car- uh, the Carolina Panthers stadium all the time when I'm driving around the city, um, and it's all just mediocrity. <laughs> um, but all right, let's get it going. Um, he is going to the Bills now. In January of 2017, Sean McDermott is hired by the Bills. He is the newest head coach of the Bills. He is the 19th head coach in Bills franchise history. Um, and McDermott comes out on a bright spot right off the gates. Uh, McDermott won his first career game versus the Jets in twenty uh, in twenty seventeen. They beat the Jets twenty one to twelve. Sorry, that was a lot of twos and ones for me to read. <laughs> this was the first time since Rex Ryan and Marv Levy that a Bills head coach won their first game. So Sean McDermott, the second he gets there, he's already making history, and he continues to do it. And I think he will continue to do it. He will keep breaking records. He will keep up his his great coaching um, throughout the time that he spends with the Bills. And he's young. He's got a lot of years ahead of him. And I hope he stays forever and ever. Just like all these guys have talked about, I think I've ended every single episode saying, I hope this guy stays forever and ever. It's true. Think about it. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Trey White, Tyler Bass, all guys we would want for a very, very long time. So I'm not I'm not lying here. I'm speaking facts. We want these guys. We want to stick them, keep them, uh, keep them around. They are culture pieces. They are guys we do not want leaving us. Um, so we got to pay these guys. We got to keep them around. We got to keep winning, um, and because winning makes people want to stay. Um, but the Bills grabbed some wins in that first season as um, Sean McD- in Sean McDermott's first season. But they also grabbed some losses. They started the season the first 10 games 5 and 5 and within that 10 game span we played the Chargers and if you guys remember the 2017 season at all it is probably the Chargers game um this is after Sean McDermott made the decision to sit Tyrod and start none other than number 2 Nathan Peterman um so Nathan Peterman started at quarterback and uh, a lot of Bills fans were excited about this uh, Nathan Peterman was kind of supposed to be the truth. A lot of people wanted him to play. I liked Tyrod a lot. I wasn't too fond of Nathan Peterman, but I was very interested. So Peterman goes out there in the first half and decides to throw five picks all in one half. And I can't imagine what McDermott was thinking or what he was feeling at that moment. Um, but he he sat Nathan Peterman um, at the beginning of the second half and Tyrod Taylor came back in, and the game ended in a 54-24 to loss. So at this point, the Bills are 5-5. Five and five. Um, But the Bills kind of ended on a, on a little bit of a hot streak. They ended the season with a 9-7 and seven record, grabbed the playoff spot 
for the first time in 18 years, ending one of the longest playoff droughts in pro sports at the time. And we got in in the most shambly fashion, but in the most exciting way possible. Um, that, that Cincinnati game, they clutched up. Uh, Andy Dalton is forever a Bills great without ever putting a Bills uniform on. Um, and I'll never forget that video, that really, really awesome video of the 2017 team in the locker room watching that Bengals game um, and seeing the Bengals wide receiver break it off and run into the end zone. It's just so electric. It's so awesome. You can just feel the weight lifted off Bills Mafia and the Bills um, players. It was just so, so awesome. Um, but they went into the, the playoffs. They played the Jags. That was probably one of the most boring playoff games I think I've ever watched in my life. You think about that Bills offense, there just wasn't much going. Tyrod Taylor wasn't the, t- the guy that was going to just be a- electric from start to finish. He wasn't going to put up big numbers, but he was going to manage a game for you. We, we lost that game to the Jags after Jalen Ramsey. Um, or Jalen Ramsey was on that team, and then the next year he was talking a lot of crap about Josh Allen. Um, we all know about that. If you watch Justice's video, you heard that um, in the background. Um, so moving on, 2018, new quarterback at the helm. Tyrod Taylor is out, and Josh Allen is in. McDermott led the Bills to a lackluster 6-10, and and this obviously wasn't enough for the Bills to make the playoffs. Um, Josh Allen showed some flashes. Uh, the offense showed some flashes. This was a completely different team, though than even the 2019 team. Like, roster-wise, wide receiver-wise, Josh Allen had little to no targets. Um, And in 2019, he got his guys. He got Cole Beasley. He got John Brown. And those two guys were huge in the development of Josh Allen from year one to year two. Um, So in 2019, the Bills showed some grit in a couple of games um, and were able to kind of scrap together a bunch of good wins. Um, And they were seeming like a team that was kind of on the come up. Uh, We got a huge win on Thanksgiving against the Dallas Cowboys. There is that unreal, amazing electric clip from Josh Allen fumbling the staff, picking it up and getting the conversion on fourth down. Um, That clip will never go out of style. I will probably post that once a month until I die. Um, because I love it so much. It, it's, it's so cool. They're wearing their, their icy white face masks and blue uniforms. Um, I'm very, very excited for the white face masks coming up this year. Um, but that is, a, that is an unforgettable clip and definitely one of the best things, one of the most memorable things from that 2019 season, uh, at least for the good things, um, because I'm about to get to one of the more memorable parts of this season, and it is making the playoffs. The Bills made the playoffs, for the second time in three years, you know, they made it with Tyrod. Tyrod's out. They miss it with a rookie Josh Allen. And sophomore Josh Allen comes in. We get to 10-6, and six, and we make the playoffs. Going up against Houston, we have a 16-0 lead at half. It looks like it's going to be the first Buffalo Bills playoff victory in my entire life. The Bills lose. The Bills lost in the playoffs after holding a 16-0 lead. And that was a heartbreaker. And that also produced a, an amazing gif, an amazing picture, an amazing clip from that playoff game of Josh Allen sitting on the bench looking lifeless, looking like there's nothing left in him. 
but also at the same time, it looks like there's a fire that is being lit. It looks like there is a spark. It looks like there is a hungry, hungry man that wants to become the best quarterback of all time. That face just says it all. So in 2020, this past year, it was a whole different ballgame for the Bills. Not only were there no fans and COVID everywhere, and it was just a weird year altogether, but thank God we had football. But with all that going on, there was a new feeling of life in Buffalo. The Bills added Stephon Diggs. They finally grabbed a true number one wide receiver for Josh Allen. People doubted the connections the duo could make off the field and on, but they did not disappoint. Came out like gangbusters. 4-0 start. Kind of slipped in the middle of the season. 6-2 and after the halfway point, or up at the halfway point. And then lost only one game. That Cardinals game was a loss on a BS Hail Mary. And from there on, we won every game. 13-3 and was the Bills' record at the end of the season. And they looked like a true contender in the AFC going into the playoffs. They went on to beat the Colts and the Ravens, all thanks to Mr. Taron Johnson, who quite possibly made a top 20, top 15 playoff play of all time, in my opinion. I think that play will live on forever. I hope when I'm 80, 75, 80 years old that I still get to see that play run on NFL, on NFL Network, on all these, these, these networks that play football games because that is an unforgettable moment. That was unreal. The fans were back in the stadium. There was that, that Bills Mafia life back, um, and it led us to our first AFC championship game in so long, and it really, really like just you know it galvanized this Bills Mafia fan base, and the, the the players and the coaches and everyone just felt like a unit. So we're going into this AFC Championship game riding so high, but we we're going in to take on Goliath. We're going in to take on Kansas City. Pat Mahomes didn't know if he was going to play. There were some smoke screens, people saying he wasn't going to play, people saying he was. But ultimately, he did. He had a great game. The Kansas City Chiefs beat us in convincing fashion. I was very, very upset. I think I cried after the Colts and the Ravens game because I was so excited about the wins. And I also cried after the loss. And especially, you know, looking on after the game and seeing Stephon Diggs visibly upset, looking at the crowd, looking at the Chiefs, celebrating a second Super Bowl appearance appearance in the last two years. And that, that, that disappointment that was on his face and in that picture, that infamous picture um, that everyone knows I'm talking about right now, um, it just also shows how hungry he is coming up in 2021. That's also the type of guy that Stephon Diggs is. I've talked about that in his player profile. I talked about the same thing in Josh Allen's profile. These guys are two very, very hungry guys for winning. They're very, very set on their goals. And their goal is to bring a championship to Buffalo. And I can't wait for this 2021 season when they have a very, very good shot of doing so. So those are all my notes on Sean McDermott. Here are some ending thoughts on Sean McDermott. When he was hired, I was really, really excited. 
I was a little bit familiar with his work in Carolina. Um, one of my best friends is a Carolina Panthers fan, so I was very kind of attuned to what McDermott could do. I knew that that defense was very, very good, um, and I knew that defensive-minded coaches worked in Buffalo. You know, Buffalo's always been known for having a stout defense and having a kind of a crappy offense, but now we have both. And I think, I, I mean, last year the defense lacked a bit. It was a weird year, though. We were missing star. People, I feel like Trey didn't want to, I, I mean, obviously I can't talk for Trey, but I feel like he didn't really want to play that bad. Remember, he was kind of on the, the edge of opting out. Um, he, he almost did. Um, but he stayed. But it just seemed like there wasn't as much gusto on that side of the ball. But on the on the contrary, the the freaking offense was insane. It was one of the most fun offenses you could watch. Sean McDermott runs a tight ship, but he also runs a tight-knit group. And that's really what matters with this team. It seems like he fits the culture really well. It seems like he sets the culture really well. These guys all work really, really hard. Um, and they work really, really hard for him um, because they know what he expects. And I also love the fact that he comes from a, a coaching tree of absolute legends, legends in the making. Andy Reid is going to go down as one of the better coaches of all time. It seems like every team that he's on has a chance not only to make the playoffs, but to, to be a serious contender. So he comes from a great line of coaching tree, a, a great coaching tree, great line of coaches, Steve Spagnuolo, and also a great defensive mind, uh, Ron Rivera, who showed that he is not washed up in the least. He powered a Washington football team that didn't really look that good on paper. I mean, they didn't put up a crazy amount of wins or anything because they are in the NFC um, in that terrible conference. But um, I, I, I was super excited about the McDermott hiring, and every single year after he got hired, I've only gotten more excited for the next year that he gets to coach us. I love how we're all infatuated with him clapping. I think it's hilarious. Um, he's the man. There's nothing bad to say about McDermott. I'm glad that I could kind of go back and look at his entire career. Definitely learned some stuff. I hope you guys learned some stuff. But that is all I got for the All Day Buffalo podcast and all I got for these player profiles. I really, really appreciate you guys listening to these. I appreciate you guys listening to all the episodes that you do. Um, this podcast has been super fun to do. I'm really only starting off doing this. This is very new for me. I am nine weeks into this, um, as of today. And I, I, it's just been an awesome ride. Um, so I thank you guys. I thank BIB built in Buffalo for allowing me the space to create content and, um, push it on you guys. Um, so I thank you all. Thank you so much for coming out this, like I said, is the final installment of the Player Profile series. It is Draft Eve. It is the dawn of a, a new time in the offseason. We're going to get some new players in the Bills. There's going to be a lot to talk about next week. My episodes come out every Thursday. So I'm very, very excited to take some notes on who we pick, get excited, um, and then come out and do a little post-draft um, conversation with you all um, make sure you guys 
tomorrow. Check out Built in Buffalo on YouTube. They're going to be live streaming um, a draft show. Um, I am not going to be on it, but a bunch of really, really great guys are going to be on there. Um, my Twitter brother, Justice, <laughs> who helps run the uh, Built in Buffalo Twitter with me, along with Alex. Um, he's going to be on there. DM3, who's a beast. And A Rich, who never fails to put out a great episode of anything. Um, so please go check them out. They're going to be doing some really, really cool stuff over there. So that's all I got for you guys. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I'll see you guys next Thursday. And as always, go Bills.